Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Excited to be closing out the week here on Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nutzel along with Hembo once again today. Plenty of things to dive into. I don't think I was expecting the Yamamoto news to break while I was sleeping, but we also had an NFL game last week or last night that had big implications on the NFC playoff picture. And I know you're excited, Hembo, because you've been all in on this Rams team over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the Rams are a team that I think now qualify as like the nobody wants to play off, uh, play us team. Uh, I've described them as uh, the Buffalo Bills of the NFC, like that kind of team. And as we bring Dan Graziano into the conversation, uh, Dan, first of all, for those that weren't privy to watching Get Up this morning, yeah. I need you to provide us the reason why you watched that game so painstakingly last night. Because I had Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua in fantasy, and it's mm-hmm. difficult. I didn't want to play them both uh, because the Saints had a good pass defense. Saints very tough on receivers in fantasy this year. Uh, Cup was coming off a big game, so I put Cooper in and put Puka on the bench. Now, these are, are play, like playoffs, right? Semifinals. Okay, the semifinals. Is this likely to be the reason that you do not advance to the finals? It's not going to help. Okay, uh, Fair enough, and I obviously agree with that. Let's talk about real football, if we Process may. Process over results, mm-hmm. they say. Uh, of yeah. course, yeah. Yes. So, that, yeah, that's the way that Nick Saban became Nick Saban. That's the way that you became you. Exactly. Obviously, there are a lot of comparisons between the two of you. No doubt. Do you agree with my characterization of the Rams? Like, this strikes yes. me as a team that I don't think that they can go on the road and win three straight playoff games. They are the kind of team, though, because of the firepower of the offense and the way the quarterback is playing right now that I described as a team I think that could pick off any one team on the road in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be a team that, that people want to see in the first round, right? Like, I mean, if you're, if you're the Detroit Lions and you've won your division for the first time since 1993 and you have a home playoff game and the guy coming in to try and beat you is Matthew Stafford, that's going to make some people nervous out there in Detroit. But honestly, the way the Rams are playing, I mean, their only loss here in their last, what, five, six games is – that overtime loss to Baltimore. Mm. So there's nothing, there's no shame in that, certainly, right? So I, I think they looked fantastic last night. Uh, and, you know, the Saints are obviously playing for something, but they have veterans in Stafford and Cup and Aaron Donald that won the Super Bowl just two years ago uh, and know what it's like to win playoff games and a coaching staff that knows what it's like to win playoff games. And I, I do think they might be flawed, they might be young, but I don't think they're, they're the first-round opponent that you want if you're one of the top teams in the NFC. Gabe, what was your biggest takeaway from that performance last night from the Rams, a team that I think is going to be really, really dangerous in about a month? Yeah, I, I, I really wish for this team my biggest takeaway was that Stafford would have been healthy for the entire season. He missed a couple of games in there. They had to start um, Brett Rippon at quarterback in a game where they ended up scoring three points, and then he was immediately released. It, it, it would have been curious to see what would have happened. And it, they wouldn't be in the position they are now of, okay, you got to make sure you keep on winning to fight for one of those wild card spots. I think they'd be comfortably a wild card team if Stafford hadn't gotten hurt, and that just continued to just get you know pounded home last night with the way that that offense played, especially early. Dan, there's a really interesting thing happening in the, uh, the NFL at the very end of the season, and that is 
The Rams are playing in San Francisco yeah. in week 18. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's much too soon to say like whether or not it could or would have playoff implications. But what do you think? <laughs> like When we're talking about that game and the build-up to it, what might the stakes be? Yeah, I don't think it's much too soon, right? I mean, like, could San Francisco have the one seed locked up at that point? Yes, I think they could. And is San Francisco the kind of team? And do they have the kind of players that they might say, eh, maybe we don't want to run them out there for a Week 18 game, right? Like, do you want to expose Christian McCaffrey more than you have to? Trent Williams? These are guys you're going to need if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, which obviously the 49ers are. So, yes, theoretically, the Rams could show up in San Francisco in Week 18 and face a team that isn't at full strength by design. So, yeah, I, I think they're in pretty good shape. I mean, I th- what do they have, the Giants in Week 17? Mm-hmm. And then that San Francisco game, and, you know, they're 8-6, and six, right? There are teams that are trying to scrap in here at 7-7 seven and seven or worse in the NFC. I, I think the Rams are set up. But there could also be the whole scenario in which you want to keep the Rams out of the playoffs. You might. I don't know that the 49ers care at this point. I think they feel like they can beat anybody. Uh, but yes, division rival, division game, yes. I don't think, look, if the 49ers have the one seed locked up going into week 18, I don't think they're going to put their older stars that they've been working, you know, Chris McCaffrey's carried the ball a lot this year, mm-hmm. right? I don't think they're going to put them out there just to keep the Rams out of the playoffs if the other choice is they would benefit from an extra week of rest. And if they have the one seed, they're getting one anyway, so maybe there's all kinds of discussion to be had about that. Do you want to take two whole weeks off? But I don't think if they have it locked up, that they would lean toward, oh, we definitely want the Rams eliminated because we hate the Rams. You know, Gabe, the Rams are such an interesting team because they obviously, at least in theory, employed this like stars and scrubs, like roster building <laughs> methodology. And that was, you know, the F them picks t shirt that Les Need wore mm-hmm. at the parade. But like very quietly, this is one of the best drafting and developmental yes. teams in the whole league. Like Puka Nakua is having a ridiculous season. He actually would be my pick to win the offensive rookie of the year and not CJ Stroud. That's a non standard opinion. What Kyron Williams is doing right now, running the ball. It's ridiculous. They're getting big-time contributions from late-round picks on defense that are on their rookie contracts. Gabe, like, that to me is a very interesting angle here. It's like, is Sean McVay the you know, coach of the year? Is this Rams team, like, the way that they actually built this, is this actually kind of a model? You give away your first-round picks for stuff that you know is going to work, and you figure out a way to draft and develop uh, guys later in the draft that are super cheap? Yeah, it's it's tough because then as they get older, I mean, the, the lack of depth on this roster has been exposed, talking about the Matthew Stafford injury or really any other injury that they've had because they've had to get rid of some guys and they're paying so much, so it's tough to kind of fill out the rest of the roster. But yes, if you can draft and develop guys like Puka Nakua, and I think it was one of the better lines Al Michaels had all season when he said, when you're drafting a guy named Puka, you're expecting this little scat back instead of a very tough wide receiver <laughs> that he that he is. It, it, it Pretty much what it comes down to, is if you can draft and develop, you're going to have a very successful team. And I think that just plays anywhere. That goes anywhere. Because if you are the Kansas City Chiefs and you end up paying you know, Patrick Mahomes the $500 million that they do, like you're going to have to find some really good draft picks that you end up hitting on to kind of fill some of the gaps because the money that maybe goes to free agents goes to your all-world quarterback. And I think it just comes down to if you are good at identifying talent in the second, third, and fourth rounds, that's the margin to me in the NFL. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the dirty little secret of the of the Super Bowl champion F them picks Rams, right? They had made a lot of very successful picks between the third and seventh rounds. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of by the time they were trading high-end picks, for Matthew Stafford, for Jalen Ramsey, right? By the time they were signing an Andrew Whitworth, they were already good, right? This is a team that had already been to the Super Bowl under that coaching staff and with some of the same players. So 
I think that's that's important to remember that they still have a lot of the same people in there that are good at that. By the way, one of those people is now the GM of the Detroit Lions, and they're doing pretty well with their picks, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, I think that's key. They come into the season, they had $75 million in dead money on their salary cap. This was the rebuilding year for the Rams, right? And here they are at eight and six. So I, I think that says a lot about their organizational structure. And yes, to Gabe's point, the ability to find those guys in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds that become the backbone of your team. Now, historically, but it's not just that. Go ahead, Gabe, sorry. I said it's not just that. It's obviously finding and identifying those picks, but. I feel like Sean McVay has gone from like overrated coach to underrated coach faster yes. than anyone ever because everybody talked about Sean McVay. And then, I mean, when they've had these injuries and they've had to kind of blow up the roster, everybody thought about Sean McVay to the point where there are rumors about him leaving to go into broadcasting. And, oh, by the way, when he gets some good talent on his team, him and that coaching staff can develop those players, and they have a great coaching staff in Los Angeles. Yes. I think Sean McVay is thought of as offensive scheme genius, which I think he is. But the reason he's been successful as a head coach is that he's more than that, right? He's a guy that can bring the building together, bring the locker room together, and lead. And I, again, I say this every year. We're heading into coach hiring season. Season, excuse me. We have teams that are doing this every year or every two years. Like they're looking for the wrong thing. Mm. You do not want to look for. A, you don't want to hire someone's scheme. You want to hire someone to lead your organization. And McVeigh was identified by the Rams as that, in addition to his offensive acumen, and that's why he's been successful. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio talking with Dan Graziano, who's at Seaport with Hembo. I'm Gabe Neitzel. And one of the other big talking points right now in the NFL is Mike Tomlin. What's the future of Tomlin and the Steelers? Has he lost the team? Is he going to be there next year? Well, somebody who's rather familiar with Mike Tomlin, if you happen to miss it this morning on Get Up, Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, had this to say about his former head coach in Pittsburgh. Coach Tomlin needs to be in a new place. Coach Tomlin doesn't need to retire from coaching because he's one of the greatest coaches in football today. He doesn't need to be there anymore. The same way Andy Reid eventually had to move on from Philadelphia. It didn't mean that Andy Reid couldn't coach anymore. It meant that he shouldn't be coaching there. And Coach Tomlin should now move on from Pittsburgh. And everybody should line up to hire him because the freaking man knows how to do it, but he shouldn't do it there anymore. Dan, what was your reaction when RC said that this morning? I think it was along the lines of anybody else's. I mean, I, I think the significance of that individual saying that thing cannot be overstated. This is a this is a player who 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 loves Mike Tomlin, who respects him. He describes himself as friends with him. Um, Ryan Clark is is not one to say you know crazy things to get attention. He says his his analysis is thought out, uh, and I think we need to pay attention to it honestly. I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. I don't know what Mike Tomlin's going to do. Uh, I think they've only, they've only had three different coaches in the last 54 years, so they're not the kind of team that there's often a lot of scuttlebutt about around this time of year when we talk about coaching. So it's, it's, it's going to be a, probably done behind closed doors if something does happen, and I think that's how it should be. I think they've earned that right. But uh, significant to me to hear Ryan Clark say that. So what do you think about the parallel that he made between what is happening in Pittsburgh right now yeah and what happened with Andy Reid during sure. his last days in Philadelphia. I think that's a great parallel. Because, I, I agree. Like, we can acknowledge that, that Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach, and potentially that it is the right time for him to move on, even if we're not going to put him on the proverbial hot seat or compare him to Brandon Staley or Josh McDaniels right. or any of the other super fireable coaches. Is that fair or unfair? I, I think it is a fair comparison. 
And, and I think there are others. And I've said this before. Like, I was in Miami covering the Dolphins when they decided to move on from Don Shula. I was in New York covering the Yankees when they decided to move on from Joe Torre. And I was covering the Giants when they decided to move on from Tom Coughlin. Heck, I actually went to the Andy Reid press conference when they moved on from him in Philly. I was covering the NFC East for ESPN.com at the time. The, the trick, of course, is, you know, be careful what you wish for, right? What comes next? And the, the Eagles go get Chip Kelly, who was a hot name at the time, and, and it didn't really work out, obviously. But I, I think with the Steelers, they've shown an ability over the years to do this and to do it well. So if they apply the same principles to their search that they did when they hired Bill Cowher and when they hired Mike Tomlin, you have reason to think they can be successful. But there are no sure things, uh, and Mike Tomlin's don't grow on trees. So it's a, it's a situation that has to be thoroughly considered before you do it. That doesn't mean you never do. Heck, I think they're doing it in New England in a mm. couple of weeks. And if, they, if it can happen there, I think it can happen anywhere. Which of those two jobs would be more desirable? That's a good question. I guess, do you think Kenny Pickett's going to be a franchise quarterback? Because if you do, then maybe Pittsburgh. But I, I think both teams are going to be likely to be in the market for long-term quarterback solution. Patriots more likely. You know, I don't know. Do the Patriots get to the one pick? Because then that would change <laughs> the answer, right? Like, if they can catch Carolina, if they can get to that one pick, and then you know who you're going to take at quarterback, that would be, a, that would be enticing. Gabe, what do you think? So, Between the New England job and the Pittsburgh job, which might be more tantalizing for potential candidates? I would say Pittsburgh just because I know for a fact I am going to get the fairest of shakes. As, I mean, Dan sure. said, you know, three coaches in 54 years, they are going to be very patient and give you every opportunity to succeed. And just that organizational, not to say that, I mean, obviously Bill Belichick's been there for the last, you know, 20 plus years in New England. So clearly Robert Kraft would give you an opportunity mm-hmm. as well. But just the organization and the, the respect it seems to have across the league, I would say the Steelers just by a little bit, because again, I go back to those um, three coaches in, in 54 years. But let's flip the question, Dan. Which coach, if they're both let go, Ooh. would be more desirable, Tomlin or Belichick? I mean, you're talking about a 20-year age difference, right? I, I think I would go with Tomlin as the younger guy uh, because I'm thinking when I'm hiring a coach, I'm not thinking about the next couple of years. I'm thinking about ideally, uh, as the Steelers were, the next you know, 10, 15 years. And so uh, I, I think that would probably – but, I mean, you know, I, I could see the argument the other way, but my first instinct when you said that was Tomlin. Before I let you go, Dan, we've talked a lot about was it Brady or was it Bill? We've rarely done the was it Ben or was it Tomlin. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, that's a good question. I think because Brady and Bill won it six times, and Tomlin and Ben won, won once, right? And the, 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 success, the differential in success is not the point, though. Right. The point is, over a sustained period of time, both of these coaches had enormous success right. with one quarterback. But I think the answer to your question is we talk more about the New England situation because of what they accomplished. Fair enough. Right? I don't think that question has been asked about Pittsburgh because it hasn't been as relevant, right? We're not, we're not talking about... like What, what Brady hmm. and Belichick did together is unprecedented and all-time great. What Mike Tom Tomlin has done in Pittsburgh is, is incredible to not have a losing season uh, at any point. He hasn't had one yet. Could be about to, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think, and the other thing is I think, you know, Pittsburgh, the backbone of that was defense for so long. That I, I, I don't know. I, 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 just, I just don't think Roethlisberger is held in the same regard uh, as Brady. I'm not sure who is. 
Dan, we certainly appreciate the time. Oh, Enjoy the full weekend because we got games tomorrow. We got games on Sunday and then a triple header mm-hmm. on Monday uh, as well. So enjoy all the NFL games this holiday weekend. Uh, still looking for amazing gifts? At Total Wine & More, you'll find gifts for everyone on your list. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Coming up next, spending $1 billion dollars in one off season is it going to pay off literally that's next green espn radio and the espn app passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Gabe Neitzel, Hembo with you this morning. Every time I hear this song, I think of Home Alone. Because he's doing the fake singing into the mirror with the, with the comb. It's, it takes what me, I just said. Takes me to Home Alone. Do you favor Home, Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? 1. Okay, because I actually think that's a reasonable debate to have. Oh, yeah. I think both of them are Excellent. I'm surprised yeah. you've seen both of them. I've seen a handful of Christmas movies. <laughs> That's I've impressive. Seen more That's... Christmas movies than non. Yeah. First of all, what, what you, all of a sudden you're coming out with movie takes. What's happening? They're not, they're not takes. <laughs> Did but, something change here? Bubba, Is this a different host? Every once in a while, when when you know something you shouldn't. You like to show it off, and that's what I'm doing so. right here. I have never heard. Which one is better? One or two? I've never heard. I'm stunned. That. This is great. The very specific lane of is Home Alone one or two better? That's the one that Hembo operates. That's the only movie lane. He gets lane. in Greeny's chair, and this guy's got movie takes. I, I like yeah. it. I'm going to be like pulling out like Seinfeld references <laughs> oh, and referencing like rock stars from the 70s and other such nonsense. Uh, we can yeah. only hope. 
<laughs> Bowl season basketball, hockey, and pro football are in action. Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, every touchdown, and every slam dunk live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans, offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Question of the day as we get closer and closer to the NFL postseason as now week 16 is officially underway with last night's Rams victory over the Saints. And the playoff picture is starting to become at least a little more clear. The question becomes, which non-division leader is the biggest threat in the NFL playoffs? Who do you think is the non-division leader that's the biggest threat in the NFL playoffs? We'll start with you, Hembo. Um, you know, this is a question for which I think there are several right answers. And so it's going to surprise none of our listeners to hear me say that the, answer, the best answer to this question is the Eagles. It's my Eagles, and I'm going to tell you why. Moving my uh, subjectivity aside, this is a team that started 10-1. and This is a team that is 10-4, and having played the most difficult schedule in the NFL. And while a defense has underachieved... And while the offense is clumsy, and while they don't have a win by more than 14 points, that is largely because their schedule has been brutal. All right, in the last two months, Miami, Dallas twice, at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, and at Seattle, they did win four of those games and had a rest disadvantage in three of them. I think that reports of the Eagles' demise have been greatly exaggerated. I mean, aren't we expecting them? I feel, I just got to push back here, because as of right now, correct, as of right now, they are not a division leader. Mm Mm-hmm. But if they win out, they're the division winner, are they not? They are. And aren't we kind of expecting that? Well, I mean, you asked me a question. I answer the question <laughs> as correctly <laughs> as okay. one could, and now you're pushing back on the accuracy of my answer. Well, I'm just saying, I just don't when I look at the Eagles, I, they're in the driver's seat to win their they're division. They're literally the five seed right now. Yeah, right now, but if they win the games because the schedule is now getting the easier. The question in the just... document is which non-division <laughs> leader? Okay. Not okay. not eventual, not projected winner, not okay. expected winner. That's part of the answer is that I think the Eagles have a pretty clear path to being a division winner, which is a way to circumvent sort of circumvent the faulty nature of the question. The faulty nature of the question. Is that not a faulty now question? We're, now we're now we're blaming the question. I don't know. If it's I don't a think it's a question. faulty question. It's the I question think it, of the day. You guys just interpreted it slightly differently. It's who's the non-division leader right now. Again, like Hembo said, I didn't say winner, so I think it's a perfectly— Intentionally vague yeah. or unintentionally well, it doesn't vague? Say, it doesn't say the words right now. That's the issue. So we That's why it says leader and not winner. Look, we have one question of the day. How can it be this complicated? <laughs> I also How can it be this ambiguous? How I also can it be this think it's funny wording? that uh, the production says, Greeny's question of the day. So I hope he's okay with us asking this question. I think there's a, a 1% chance that he's listening right now. What do you uh, think? I'm not saying and a point five percent chance he's upset with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Gabe, what I is am, your answer who do to you this think? question? I am going with the Buffalo Bills because I think when when you start taking a look at teams that could potentially make runs, teams that are wild card teams, and you look back in NFL history, it's teams that have great quarterbacks. And the Bills have had the history showing that yes, they've had, certainly had postseason failures. I'm, I'm, you, you can't ignore that, but they've also had postseason successes. This is a team that has played with their quarterback in an AFC Championship game not that long ago, and the fact that they're starting to get hot, it seems like things are starting to fall.
fall into place for them with some pretty big wins as of late over Kansas City. And, and, and they're playing well. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills because of the star power they have at quarterback, which means more in the postseason. But what if they win their division, though? I mean, do you think Miami's that bad? They're I'm being facetious. Continue to fumble? I'm no, facetious. he's just answering the question the <laughs> yeah. same way you did. No, he's, no, he's upset that I pushed back on his, so he's he's. I'm upset. Honestly, I'm upset turning. at Cam. We should all be upset at Cam <laughs> for asking a ridiculously bad question. There's one question of the day, Cam, and half of this is wrong. I mean, we could do a second one. There doesn't have to be one. I mean, we usually just do one. It's not questions of the day. We've had that issue before, too. I don't understand how it's a bad question. It's, which non-division leader? It, any any question, team that is not leading the division right now, which one of them? Because you don't use the word right now, and because two really was smart implied. people interpreted it differently. Yeah, thank you for including me in that. I, oh, think I, was, I was actually referencing that. Bubba. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, I shouldn't be included in that smart people conversation. Bubba, as the smartest one among us, what is the answer to this question, however you choose to interpret it? Well, I mean, based on Gabe's logic, I'd have to go with the Cowboys here. So, um, I think the Cowboys are clearly the answer here. They're the biggest threat. But my actual answer, I would go with the Browns. I think huh. you, you look at their defense and you look at their experience – their legit experienced quarterback. We did, he was just the answer to that trivia question, the second most road wins uh, on, mm-hmm. on the, in the playoff history. So uh, I, think, I think they're a team that I, I, would, I would be scared to be playing against. I would not want to be playing the Browns for sure. Is part of that because it would be embarrassing if you lost to a nearly 40-year-old Joe Flacco who was not in football, you know, as little <laughs> as two months ago? Like, is that part of the reason you don't want to play the Browns? Because they might beat you, and it'd be embarrassing for you and your fan base if you lost to Joe Flacco. Probably. There's, there's probably something to that. Gabe, I have a question for you as a, as a bearded man before we get yes. Cam's answer to his bad question. So uh, I'm looking at you on the Zoom right now. Uh, yes. We have a live Zoom link so I can see when you're talking and when I'm talking so I don't step over you like I did six times yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I'm also looking looking at the headshot provided on the sure. ESPN Plus feed that we have, or excuse me, on the ESPN app feed right now. And I'm, candidly, I'm, I'm looking at, at two different people. So sure. my question for you is, uh, how many years ago was this picture taken? And secondly, at which prom was it taken? <laughs> it's a good, great question. Uh, great question. Uh, I, so the one that I think that is that I provided and probably provided a, a while ago, yeah. that one's probably five or six years old. Okay. I think that one's five or six years old. Um, I am probably due for a new headshot, and we do them. No, kind of you're f- due for a new shave. The headshot <laughs> is not the problem, Gabe. Well, but, the, okay. <laughs> so we, we, we discussed this yesterday about the, you know, you, you asked, um, um, the hair's not doing very well. Oh, yeah, he's well. got way less great. hair currently, so a new headshot's going to You have the same amount hurt. of hair on your head. It's just yes, in different it's just, places. It, it's it. in different places. His hair's looking great on the headshot, though. Yeah. <laughs> the, the conversation we had yesterday was my wife, when I asked her, what would you think if I shaved my head? And she said, I don't care. It's your head, but she does encourage and does like the longer beard. Okay, fair enough. Um, Somewhat bizarre, but fair enough. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because you may have seen this week that Joe Flacco shaved his beard, which I think was a a bad decision because, look, if you've read the the, the story of Samson in the Bible, you know that a man can (laughs) can gain his strength from his hair. And if you're on a kind of hot streak, whether the Browns are, the way that Joe Flacco is— I'm not sure I'd be shaving my face in the middle of that. Is that. Look, I'm not a person that can grow facial hair, at least not to your extent. Fair or unfair? It depends upon how superstitious you are. And I would say most athletes have at least some superstition in them. I, I would not have shaved my beard if I were Joe Flacco. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Cam, yeah, you're a bearded man like a right now. Risky, risky maneuver. I, I need to see Cam now on the ESPN app because uh, Cam looks, I'm going to tell you, remarkably unkept, at least in relation to normal. So, Cam, you're a bearded man. Would you have advised? Yeah, I mean, look, you've cleaned it up a little bit since yesterday, it looks like. Um, fair or <laughs> unfair? Joe Flacco should have kept his beard because he and the Browns were winning and on a hot streak. Uh, fair. I'm not really superstitious, but I feel like when you have that kind of mojo in the locker room, you have to keep it going. I remember mm-hmm. in, I think, the Eagles in the 2008 playoffs, they all were growing beards, and they kept winning, and they were like, we're not shaving because we keep winning, and then eventually they lost in the championship game. So I think there is something to that in NFL locker rooms, You know, keeping the mojo going with whatever you're doing now, keep doing it because you know we heard Patrick Mahomes say he wears like the same game underwear for mm-hmm. the last five years. I think that's the same lineage. So Cam, on an unrelated note, which non-division leader do you think is the biggest threat in the NFL playoffs? Right now or ever? I mean, you literally <laughs> want to ask the question. Just the history yeah. of football. I am, uh, I'm interpreting it the correct You'd way. You'd be the worst SAT proctor of all time. That's probably true. I'm going with the Rams, and I am viewing the NFC through the lens of the 49ers are going to win this conference, and I think the Rams are the one team, anything can happen, but I think they are the team that has the best shot to upset them. Hembo, you laid out the Eagles' defense is underachieving. Mm-hmm. The offense is clumsy. Mm-hmm. They don't beat teams by a lot. Mm-hmm. And they've played a gauntlet of, of hard teams. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that they're going to run into in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know why that would be different in the playoffs than it is in the regular season. The war of attrition has has come down on them, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're going to get the one seed, so I don't think they're the I'll team tell you. that's going to upset the 49ers. I think the Rams know them the best. They played them close earlier this year, and Matthew Stafford's playing a lot better than he was then. Yeah, so Gabe, tell me if you follow my logic trail here. One of the reasons I'm optimistic about Philly, I had a conversation uh, on the phone last night with Bart Scott to prepare for Get Up, in which he said the reason he's high on Philly is because, is because of the schedule that they have played. And he says over the course of a long NFL season, if you are pretty considerably or pretty regularly at a rest disadvantage and more tired, for lack of a better term, than your opponent, that's going to be visible and obvious on tape, and then your fundamentals are going to go. And if you watch the Eagles games, Cam, like you and I have, like that's something that you, that you do see. Yes. Bart's two cents is that playing the Giants twice and playing the Cardinals once is basically like taking medicine. And by the time the Eagles get to the playoffs, buy or no buy, they're going to be whole by the time we get there. Uh, Gabe, is that logic that you can ascribe to? Yeah, I can I can get behind that, where, yeah, you played this tough schedule. And by the way, playing the tough schedule also is just, you know, it's more mentally and, and physically draining on you. So being able to play these last three games where you're probably not going to end up with the number one seed if you're the Eagles to get that buy, but chances are you should be able to blow out these teams that you're playing, at least in one of the games, to maybe rest some guys in the fourth quarter and, and, and try to cut some corners that way of making sure everybody's healthy by the time you get to the wild card round. So we made it through the question of the day, even though, you know, I, I think <laughs> we all are we're, we're stronger for it. We're better for we're it. We're not better for it. We're definitively worse for it. That, Cam, was, a, you, that was a character building question of Cam, the day. What was your biggest learn from this, Cam? Hembo, you you know this. You've you've had people question your your questions and their the yeah, interpretation of them. So I, I I thought I would get more empathy from you, to be honest. Empathy is not like that's not an emotion coaching. that you have. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, it is not an emotion that I have. But like sometimes you need the coach to tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. Not not the thing that you that you want to hear. Like an empathetic response for me may have engendered more confidence in the, in you than you deserve to have. Like, Gabe, this is kind of a back-to-the-drawing-board question of the day for Cam, if I might say so. You're saying that I didn't 
block for my teammate, and you're Mike Tomlin telling me I need to take accountability for my actions. Yeah, that's obviously the direct comp here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty We're much the same thing. a straight line. Yes, it's exactly the same thing. You were thing. often confused for George Pickens. Um, meanwhile, somebody who is not confused is the Los Angeles Dodgers as their spending spree continued last night. I was not expecting to wake up and see that Yamamoto had signed to the Dodgers 12 years, three $125 million, unlike the Otani deal, none of this is going to be deferred. So he is going to be getting all of that $325 million over the course over the next 12 years between this deal, between Otani, between trading for Tyler Glass. Now, the Dodgers have spent over a billion dollars, Hembo. This is a super team that they're putting together. We've seen other teams do this, I think, in baseball, but not to this level. Uh, not to this level. I mean, the previous quote-unquote record for a free agent offseason spending was $580 million. Uh, the Texas Rangers did that after the 2021 season. That was the offseason in which they signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and those decisions yielded the first championship uh, in the history of the franchise. The one thing about baseball, I will say, is you can't buy a dynasty. I mean, you can buy enormous amounts of regular season success, and the Dodgers have definitively done that. In 2025, when Otani comes back and pitches, the Dodgers are going to be the best regular season baseball team of all time. Uh, the single season wins record is 116, um, held by the 2001 Mariners, a team, Cam, that you watched, and the 1906 Cubs, uh, a team that I watched and uh, obviously loved uh, <laughs> deeply, because uh, that's more my, sort of my era of baseball. But this Dodgers team could win 120 regular season games. We know in baseball, the catch is there, there's not that much of a predictive quality when it comes to regular season success and the postseason. I'm not that worried that the Dodgers are buying a dynasty. And candidly, like the idea of having a super team, like a sort of hero and a villain in this case, or that's sort of historically been what the Yankees were, you know, the, 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 you know, the evil empire. That's, that's the Dodgers now. I think those characters are genuinely good for baseball. And I think there are a lot of small markets around baseball that are going to resent them for it. And I think that's a net positive for the sport. When I look at the Dodgers, I'm 100% there with you because this isn't the first time. Like they, they just continue to spend more money and more money. Anytime there's a hot free agent over the last five, six years, they're the first name that comes up because they're just going to throw money at this continuous problem. And the only thing they have to show for it is a pandemic championship, which I think just to, you know, poke at Dodgers fans, the rest of the baseball community has decided it doesn't really count, Mm -hmm. right? Hey, it doesn't really count. Eh, You want it. You want it in 2020. Nobody really cares. It doesn't really count. And I think that honestly has bothered the Dodgers to the point where they have spent now a billion dollars to trace, to chase that one championship. But despite all this money that they've spent, like the Marlins have more championships in my lifetime (laughs) than the Dodgers do. Yes. You're making a fabulous point. You're making my point in some sense better than I did. Like the Dodgers will win their division for basically as long as they want to. But baseball, postseason, it is so random. It is so chancy. No matter how good you are, how bad the other team is, in a best of three, in a best of five, in a best of seven, you never have better than like a 60-40 chance to win, to advance. That being said, the Dodgers are building a freaking baseball empire. Like If you watch the World Baseball Classic this past year, uh, and you listen to us talk about it, I describe baseball as the international pa- uh, pastime. And right now, the Dodgers are winning that arms race internationally uh, and lapping everyone in the field. The Otani and Yamamoto signings are going to go a long way in popularizing that franchise around the globe. I think there's a non-zero chance that they pass the Yankees in terms of the most popular franchise in the sport. Wow. 
That's what do you think? That's saying something. Well, especially when you start adding that international flair to it. That's I don't what I mean. Think it's that mm-hmm. crazy of a take. Yes, when you okay. add the international portion to it, it is not that crazy of a take. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, I am 0 for 2 this week. But it is time, Hembo, for the trivia question of the day. That's now, right. This, there's not going to be any ambiguity to this. This is just going to be pretty straightforward, oh, right? Of course, like, yeah, no multiple answers. I'm well because I'm asking if there will be no ambiguity. But I am doing group trivia today, so there will be multiple answers. So I'm looking right now at the list of the winningest quarterbacks to play for the Dolphins since Dan Marino retired. That was after the 1999 season. You are going to give me the top five. The five winningest Dolphins quarterbacks since Dan Marino retired. That's the question. The answer is next. This is ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, back on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Guys, we're doing some group trivia today. And I am looking at a list of the winningest Dolphins quarterbacks since Dan Marino retired, that was after the 1999 season. So, Gabe, how this works is, as a group, you guys decide which five names you are putting forth. We go through them in order of confidence, and we see how many of the five you guys get right. Okay, I feel pretty good about three names that I have in my head. Um, what about you guys? Like, what are, what are the ones, like, how many have you been able to come up with? Okay, Bubba, how many have you identified as, like, for sure? I have four, I'm think, and then I have a couple, like, maybes. I think... Tua is a definite. Yeah, yeah I Ryan agree. Tannehill. I, I, Tannehill yeah, is Tannehill, a definite. Yeah, I got Tannehill. Pennington, I think, is a definite. Pennington, yep. And I think Jay Fiedler Jay is Fiedler. definitely I got, I in there. Him as so well. Brandon's our stage manager. He's with me on the Brandon mic Brandon said today. he had five. I assume Seaport. those are the four you have. Brandon, any other names that the guys did not say? Um, Scott Mitchell. Ooh. Hmm. Anybody else on your list? Or everyone else was said otherwise. And I have Jay Cutler. He's my question. Interesting. Cutler. Okay. I, so, I think Cutler's one. That, I wrote Cutler. Okay. Down too. The best way to do this then is I have be another. To, who, who is it, Cam? AJ Feely. Okay. All right. You guys have. Oh. Um, this is quite the who's who of uh, who's that, by the way. Yeah. Looking at a list of Dolphins <laughs> quarterbacks. Okay. Bubba, you're on, you got the buzzers and dings ready, don't you? Yeah. Yep. All right. Brandon, which of these are you most confident is correct? I'm most confident with Tua. Or is the group confident with Tua? Are you yes. ready to put yes. forth Tua? I like Tua. Yes. Yeah, we'll Tua's- lock, we're locking it in. Tua is correct. 
You are one for five. Brandon, what are you second most confident in? I think I'm second most confident in the pride of Oceanside, our rival, being that I'm from Baldwin, um, Jay Fiedler. Are you guys confident collectively in Jay Fiedler being in the top five? I mean, I think I'm confident in him in the top five. I think Tannehill and Pennington might be ahead of him, but uh, Bubba, do you agree? we'll go with Fiedler. Yeah, I, I think he's in there. I had him on the list. I think I'm okay with going that. Gabe, are you comfortable knock, uh, locking in Jay Fiedler? Yeah, I think he started for like three or four years after Marino. He so had to have had I'm, I'm ten very, wins. Yeah. He had to have yeah, picked up ten wins. Put in Fiedler. In. Jay Fiedler is correct. Do we get the order of what we're getting? Here? Yes, Fiedler is second. Oh. Tua Ooh. is third. To his third. Ooh, Gabe, you're next right. on the list here Tana in terms Hill's of your confidence. Oh, Tannehill's, yeah. Ryan Let's Tannehill's lock in the next Tana one. Hill. Looks yeah. like Brandon Tana is Hill's comfortable locked. locking in Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is also correct. He's first. Chad Pennington has to with be With 42 four. wins. So a, a quick recap of the leaderboard here. Uh, Tannehill first at 42. Fiedler second at 36. Two a third at 31. Cam, who's the fourth name that you just said? Uh, Chad Pennington. Yeah, we got to lock Pennington in, I think. He had two right? Are you comfortable, seasons. Brandon, locking in Chad Pennington? How long was Pennington there for? I'm not going to answer questions. No, no, I'm <laughs> talking to these guys. I'm just he looking literally, at you. He won 11 games in 2008, and they won the division when Brady was out. Right. Boom, I know lock, that for a lock fact. Him. Lock, lock him. Lock him. Yeah, then lock that one in. Chad Pennington is correct. Yeah. Chad Pennington is fifth Ooh. with 12 wins. So, so far you guys are four, four for four, and Oof. you are missing number four, a quarterback that had 13 wins for the Dolphins. I think it's Feely, personally. Who I think Scott Mitchell. I don't remember the Mitchell era in Miami. What was he doing there? We have one guess for Feely, one for Mitchell. Bubba, what would be your guess? This is so much fun for me. <laughs> Nothing has ever Again, been more fun. Again, so easy you when you have the answer. answer. Yeah, I right in front of you. Yes, I understand Cutler how trivia there. works, guys. Thank you. Cutler was only there one year, right? <laughs> So we have. Cutler I don't think it's on the, Cutler. Yeah, Cutler, Cutler, Cutler was only there for year, one year, so. and I don't even think he played the full season. And they definitely weren't good. Yeah. So let's. I had get rid one of the names. I had. I had uh, John Beck. Right. He was there for. Uh, he was there for the one in fifteen season. I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah. So I don't think he did anything. Yeah. Uh, was it? Was it Dante Culpepper, Cleo Lemon, Trent Green? All those guys. Gus Farratt had a stint, didn't he? <laughs> oh, Gus Farratt. You guys not are just bad. naming every white backup quarterback yeah. there ever was. <laughs> they had a lot of them. All right. <laughs> they have had many of them. When was Mitchell there? Immediately after. I think. I think he. I think Brandon's thinking too far back. I'll, I'll check I think that so for you. Too. Oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah, because yeah, he was there. I think Mitchell was Mitchell. He was, was in there. the 90s. Yeah. I think we got Because yeah. he was uh, Marino's backup for a I time. might make mm-hmm. an executive decision. I really think it's AJ Feely. I think it's, I think it's Feely. Feely. All right, fine. I think it's Feely. Yeah, yeah I think, I'll I go think, in that direction, I think too. Scott Mitchell played with uh, Golick. So I think oh, that, my gosh. That was in, 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 I think he was there in 93. Bob Golick. Okay. Dan Orlovsky. So you guys are locking in. I think we go AJ Feely. Okay. Jay Feely. The correct answer is Chad Henney. Oh, my God, oh! no! Chad oh Henney, between 2008 and 2011, won 13 games oh. for the god-awful Miami Dolphins. I completely forgot he was there. I only remember him in, like, Jacksonville, too. I mean, he gave uh. us a big hint. We were naming every backup white quarterback yeah. there is, and we missed the one. The one that we missed Dang ended up it. being the correct It answer. wasn't going to be Josh Johnson. <laughs> oh my God. It was he- not going to be. I will say this. You wow. guys acquitted yourself very, very well. To go four for five— AJ Feely was not a terribly satisfying fifth guess. He only had three wins. A few really? other, a few yeah, others that were close. Anyway. So Fitzpatrick had nine. <laughs> Farrat had nine. Matt oh, Moore had eight. Magic, yeah. Jay Cutler had six, oh, and Joey Harrington had five. Sorry guys, I'll take the Joey fall for that Harrington. one. Three wins for wow. Feely. I really That's thought it. he was there longer. Yeah, wow. he kind of just bounced around uh, in, in the league. Uh, meanwhile, would have been a good one. Dolphins, uh, you've got some numbers on their game coming up this weekend, Hembo. Yeah, Bubba, keep your mic open. I just want to hear how you react to each of the stats, the objective information that I'm going to provide. 
Uh, Dallas can really pressure the quarterback. They do that better than any team in the NFL. But Bubba, they, they don't finish when they do. They rank 21st in the league in converting pressures into sacks. The reason I think that's a big deal is because Tua's average snap-to-pass time is 2.4 seconds. That is the quickest in the NFL. Does this concern you? Nope. Next. Dak's last five road games against winning teams are as follows. Zero wins, five losses, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. Does this concern you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> One for two. Number three, no team in the NFL plays man coverage more frequently than the Dallas Cowboys. No team in the NFL burns man coverage more than the Miami Dolphins offense. With Tua, with Tyreek Hill, with Jalen Waddell, Bubba, does this concern you? Yes. Okay. Next. And lastly. Okay, He's so sounding more and more panicked every time you read. The number one team in the NFL at rushing left is the Buffalo Bills. We saw that happen last week, right? Of course, they uh, destroyed the Cowboys along that side of the sure line did. in the run game. The team that ranks second in the NFL, rushing to the left, is the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Bubba, does this concern you? Uh, yeah, it's going to have to concern me after what the Bills did. So I got three concerns, one no. Okay, so Not ba- great. Gabe, after I paint this picture for Bubba, Cowboys fans, Cowboys are only a point, uh, a point underdog here, which is a point and a half in some places, which is kind of a sneaky, smelly line. I thought they'd probably be closer to a field goal underdog. How should Cowboys fans be feeling, given all this information? I mean, I, I can understand being a little uneasy, but also, like, the biggest stat that you're missing there, like, the Dolphins haven't beat a good team yet. Like, that's still, it, does, does that, does that, should not that not give Dolphins fans a little bit of concern? They haven't beat like a team it. over 500. I'm back in. And now they're playing a team over 500. Cam, that do you have any random stats to break the tie? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Brandon, real quick, before, we, before top of the hour. Um, Cowboys, Dolphins, who wins on Sunday? Dolphins are going to win, Dolph- and I, I hate saying that. I, f- I feel the same way. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do our official KOD picks later in the show. Sometimes it's just your time to go. We dive into that. Coming up next on Greeny, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Damn you, A.J. Feely. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.